Welcome back to Insurance Happy Hour on the road. I'm Becky. I'm Laird. And we're at uh, Elevate. Elevate in Cleveland. You know what? I've been impressed with uh, Cleveland. Like, you know, everybody talked talked crap about Cleveland. is like, oh, it's a shitty city and all this type of stuff. And frankly, it's been great. It's very charming. Yeah, the, the downtown area is really clean. Um, lots to do. Great restaurants. This is a great choice for a play, uh, for a show. It's it's quite surprising, actually. Yeah, I like the space, the hotel that they're having uh, the conference at. It's It's a nice space. Little small in some of the classes, but that's, I guess that's because of the crowd size. What is it, about 650 here? That's what we heard, yeah, 650 people. That's impressive. People. That's a good problem to have, is yeah. when you're overflowing in the rooms because <laughs> you have so many people. <laughs> literally overflowing, just like the, the hallway is full where we're at. It's just full of people overfilling from rooms, and everybody's really interested in, in these sessions. And the sessions have been great. Yes. Yeah, we've, we've both attended a few. Yeah. So uh, what are your thoughts so far? I like this conference because it's all about marketing. Well, <laughs> of I mean, course. of course I do. <laughs> of course, because you're like everything is marketing. Everything is marketing. Yeah, it, it's it's nice to actually go to a show, and I've, I've told Ryan and, and the guys over at Agency Nation this that um, it, it's really great to have a show that is focused on marketing and not just a technology provider or a you know or a state organization that is uh, just talking about what's going on in the state because these are the things that people need to be interested in and in hearing about. They need to be learning learning about marketing and really you know i hate to say it none of these are really new topics they're not i mean they've these have been around you know for ever i mean i mean yeah (laughs) i mean (laughs) marketing's always been a problem and it's just people need to you know they need to be reminded and this show kind of in in other shows that that are like it they remind people of um I, I, sh- I really should be doing that. Right. And but that's, that's part of why I like this show. It's, it's not just that it's about marketing. It's the people who are here. Because mm-hmm. these are the, the agencies and the carriers and even some vendors who believe in the importance of marketing. Mm-hmm. Because either they're doing it already and they're having success. Or they want to start doing it and they're trying to learn how. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's a very interesting thing, and I, it's Safeco that's doing it. Have you seen their – they have a little board? I was going to bring that up. Dang it. You beat me to it. <laughs> and th- so on this board, for everybody that's listening, there is little – And stick- I took a picture, so we'll put a picture in the okay, show notes. Okay. Sure. No, all right. But it, you – People take stars and they place it in what? And it's not stars. It's one, two, three. They give give oh, okay. everybody a one and two and a three to rank their lead sources. Until I looked at it closely, <laughs> <laughs> but one, you know, like lead sources, where their business is going, stuff like that. It, it, it's it's a really it's a cool knowledge map for Safeco because they do it. And one of the things that that I wanted to bring up specifically on this is um, the referrals. Yes. And, you know, there's something about me, and I'm, I'm going to get myself in trouble here, is that while referrals are great, the well is only so deep on referrals. Right. I mean, you can, yes, you can talk about this, you know, the sphere of influence. It's you, your friends, their friends, and all of a sudden you've got this, you know, exponential multiplier that makes all this happen. And that's not the reality. 
Because once you tap those sources and you tap, 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 it's, it's really hard. And that's one of the things I saw on that board that was a little, that, that made me question things, that there were so many in the referral category. Whenever, you know, marketing, you need to be focusing a lot on marketing because what happens is that renews your well of referral sources. Right. Well, there's, I have a couple thoughts about referrals. Number one, are these agents truly measuring where their leads are coming from. That's the real question. And the referrals are truly their number one source of leads. Or are they using it based on what's more likely to close? Of mm-hmm. course a referred lead is going to be more likely to close. That mm-hmm. is true in any business. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, so... But also marketing, marketing can do referrals. Yes. Um, a good example was just recently. I mean, you, you can tell- do marketing. You're still going to get referrals, even though you're doing marketing, getting leads from other sources. But also the, the marketing is you can have your marketing be the referral. You know, yeah. you could have uh, write a long term, uh, long form content. And then you, that, that article gets you interest and then they call you. Well, technically that was a referral from your own content marketing. You know, it's yeah. not a, it's not a direct, Hey, here's my number. Here's my address. Come talk to me. It's not that that's, that's marketing at its finest. You right. know? But whenever you talk about, Hey, there's a reason to write content. There's a reason to do uh, reviews and uh, posts and everything and articles to, to drive that, that content thought leadership that you should be doing as an agency. And, that's referrals too. And, but I assure you, you hit the nail on the head. Are they measuring it? And that's the real question. Well, and my other thing with referrals is an agency, if their only lead source is referrals, you're not really growing mm-hmm. because you can only get, like you said, so many referrals. Nobody gets enough referrals to keep their business growing. No, it, there, there's no way because what happens is, you know, you have natural attrition. Right. You have that attrition that drops off. And, the, you know, if you were, if 100% of your business is referrals and that business just, you know, it, you're going to have natural attrition. People leave for a price. People leave because they stop driving. They move away. They die. Whatever it is, they're going to stop working with you for some reason. Right. They're, you know, the the fallacy of a lifetime client is that they're not a lifetime client. They will eventually go away for reasons they can't control. Right. And so, you know, whenever the referral sources are like uh, your source of income, then all of a sudden that starts to narrow down and drive. So I see you've got that up now. I do. I pulled it up because there were some other things, surprising things that I, I, I wanted to talk about. At least at the time I took this picture, this may have changed. Not a single person had said they were getting, they were purchasing leads. Which is surprising, given this industry and the lead providers. Well, is a uh, PPC on there, or uh, PPC so? is on there, and there are a few in PPC. Okay, I'll see. That's that's technically buying traffic. You're buying but traffic, buying, not leads. But buying leads, I'm, I'll tell the 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 truth here is that there's a reason that there's not a lot of good leads out in the industry because the direct riders are buying them, the right. good ones. And that's in that's why a lot of people shy away from leads because they they got the crap. But also, they don't have the infrastructure or the technology, and that's where the show needs to kind of pick up a little bit, is bring some solutions about how technology can assist right. um, the, the marketing journey. And that was, that was one of the sessions that you and I were in together. Yes. Which, um, what was the, it was, it, it was the old take of, that I always say is like the, you know, having your agency not only survive, but thrive. But it's called Thrive versus Survive, yeah. creating the future now. I know, but they, they, they flipped my flipped my script on that one didn't they? yeah they did 
But uh, yeah, so it was interesting because they had a panel of uh, con- uh, contestants. <laughs> they had a panel of attendees. I don't think they were competing. Yeah, I, I, that would have been cool, like gladiator style. <laughs> <laughs> like who has the best? Who has the best marketing? And then you know, it's like to the to the one that wins, they get to the next round, and then eventually at the very end, it's like the the uh, the the main event. You know, let's get ready. Oh, I can't say that because I'll get sued or something like that. Because that guy's got a trademark on that whole thing. <laughs> copyrighted it is and uh but that was a that was an interesting session it was because and like i said these were the agents who are doing digital marketing Mm -hmm. and who are having success yeah and they try and they trade multiple avenues that was the other surprising thing that i heard in there is that yeah we used to do ppc but now we we've uh, migrated to doing long form content Mm -hmm. that type of stuff and you know i I like hearing that. Is that first of all, they should go back to some point to PPC. Yeah, they should try. I mean, you know, e- even in our business, we've we've gone in and out of PPC, stronger, lighter, faster, harder, all that type of stuff. You know, it's the six million dollar man. We just keep throwing stuff at it and see if it gets better. Yeah, and um, y- you know, but it was interesting. But one of the things that kind of circulated throughout the co- whole conversation was about technology assisting. Right. It wasn't technology doing. It was technology assisting. Right. Looking for the opportunities to use the technology to either provide a better customer experience or to get uh, people um, into your agency door Mm -hmm. that might not otherwise find you because people are looking online for answers. Yes, they Even are. insurance answers. They are looking online. And I. it does not matter what line of business it is. People are looking online for answers to their auto insurance problems, their business insurance problems, their health insurance problems. Yeah, and you, you know, and you find those prospects everywhere, above and beyond just referrals. But I mean, what was Ashley saying? Um, the oh, she, she was uh, online dating. I think was she? <laughs> she, she she got twenty co- uh, customers from online dating. Now, so I, I just had this visual of her swiping left and right on Tinder and going. That looks like a good prospect. Oh, that, that, oh wow. Look at that car. I can insure that. Ooh, look, nice house. I wonder what the premium. But is. that is a unique method that I guarantee probably almost no other agents doing like the agent I talked to uh, two years ago I think in Chicago who was driving for Uber Uh and using it as a way of spreading the word about her agency she wasn't now she wasn't you know pushing her agency trying to sell a policy to everybody who Uh she drove but she you know she used the opportunity to give them a mint with her agency logo on it or to talk about because just a natural conversation not always, but you know when you when you're in an Uber or you're in a Lyft, you end up kind of talking to your driver a little mm-hmm. bit. What else do you do besides drive for Uber or for Lyft? And so she would tell them, "I'm an insurance agent," and I just thought that was a very unique way of of trying to get your name out there. That's what Ashley's doing with with <laughs> online dating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but she literally it, asked if there's any single men here <laughs> so she could sell a policy. I'm like, hey, you know, always be marketing on that one, I guess. But, uh, oh, you know, speaking of Uber, um, you, br- you brought this up. It's, it's weird. Do you ever really talk to taxi cab drivers? I don't really take taxi cabs. Uh, but when you did or before. No. And all that. And, but it, it's weird. It's a different that because, uh, Uber, you're talking to people because it's more personal. It's well, not a business. you're in their car. car. Exactly. It's really weird because I caught myself just like, you know, chit-chatting about everything. And then I got in a cab like 
an hour later because I was in Vegas where Uber's sometimes hard to get. And so I took an Uber the first time and then a cab the second time. I didn't say two words to a cab driver, but the Uber driver, I was just jabbering away. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's a, that's, uh, all right. Well, tangent. because I think also you look at it like if you drive in a cab, that's their full-time job probably mm-hmm. they're not really probably doing anything else whereas most uber and lyft drivers are doing it to supplement income from maybe their other full-time job yeah. or just as you know they have several different gigs that small gigs that they're doing and that's one of them so generally there's something else they're doing besides that i'm always interested to see what you know yeah. the people who drive on the side or on the weekends and yeah, you know, but like it, when I go to the airport at four o'clock in the morning, <laughs> why are you up this early? So, well, that, yeah, that's there's a there's an Uber driver that uh, it, it works my area early in the morning, and I've gotten them twice now. Yeah, um, going to the airport at you know five in the morning, but uh, I did. I'm also thinking about your Uber driver having as a, uh, a a sales tool for insurance, and I'm like, wait a minute, These, she's, she's marketing to people that don't have cars. <laughs> no, not necessarily. I know it was, it was more like, you know, oh, you, you you're using Uber. Do you have a car? Uh, no, all right, I've got nothing to talk to you about. You got a car? Yeah, it's in the shop. All right. Well, well they're either hey. renting or own a house, yeah. even if they don't have a car. So that's, that's you you hit the nail on the head of where I wanted to go. Is that people. This is another thing that I've seen talking to a couple of people here. Is they've pigeonholed themselves. Mm-hmm. Like I ask them, "What do you do?" And they're like, "Oh, we're you know we do we do commercial lines." And you're like, "Okay, what else?" Well, that's about it. We we have some we have small personal. You know, just it, it's like yuck. I don't I don't want to do it. And I I'd say, listen, you got to have a well-rounded agency these days. That's that's what everybody's doing. Around. That's why Progressive bought ASI. They wanted to better round out their offering. That's why um, you know large agencies, you know, offer lines of business everywhere. They do anything from employee benefits to auto, non-standard to standard preferred property, all over the place. And you know, whenever you are marketing, you get to stretch your marketing dollars even farther when you have more products to sell. Yep. You know, you need to be efficient in selling them. Don't don't just sit there, oh, we now offer employee benefits and then you're not no good at selling employee benefits or you don't have the right market. But um, whenever you do spend a um, dollar and you have five products, if you're touting your agency instead of versus the, the specific products, you're like, okay, well, that dollar advertises five products, which is better than a dollar advertising one product. Right. So that's the other thing that I'd like to see more more talk about is like, you know, ways that you can expand your agency, um, you, you know, the footprint of your agency, not just in terms of number of locations and areas served, but also products served and how to maximize the return on having products. So that was one of the ones I was looking, I was hoping that there was some kind of sessions on that. I might have to ask to have one of those next year. <laughs> well, Ashley did talk about that a little bit in that panel we were in, um, about how, you know, She'll, she'll have some parents call her to take their kid off their policy. I think it was Ashley. I was actually saying this. Um, because they moved. And she's like, well, hold up a second. I can still help. Mm-hmm. If they're still in the, you know, the states where I'm, I'm licensed to write, I can still help. Yeah. And to that point, you know, you have, if you, if you are, you know, licensed in multiple states and somebody moves, that doesn't mean you can't still help them, even if they're not in your immediate area. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's uh, that, that's the other flip of that coin. Absolutely, is that you have you know you can expand yourself geographically by just getting carriers and markets outside of your your region and, and going out and you know being able to service and that that's that sphere of influence where you start in one little circle and you grow, 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 and you you reach outside of that. Um, also, Avery from ECI Insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, she she talked a little bit about um, you full know, disclosure. Yeah, well, <laughs> she did she did tout us a little bit, but ECI is an ITC client. Yes, um, and they've done fantastic, and they they've got a great story that they they tell. Yes, is that um, they invested in marketing, and I love hearing this story. I mean, it's a it's a hard story to tell for them, but they were you know they were struggling in the end to make payroll. They were struggling and. They um, they decided, hey, listen, we need something that is an investment, and they chose to make marketing an investment. Right, and they it, they did well with it. That, yep. and you know, they stuck with it, and you know, it's an investment into your future because, it, and they haven't stopped. They haven't let off the pedal, and that's what you have to do with marketing is that you can't just stop at doing marketing. Is that you have to continually do it, and you know, it builds incrementally over time and now she's up here talking to you know there was, was about let's say about 100 people were in and out of that room at I mean, least yeah. yeah um we're looking at the room right now and it, it it overflowed listening to them talk and um it was now she's up here talking about the success that they have with marketing right and that's that's powerful that's that's one of the hard things with marketing is everybody's not everybody, but most people see it as an expense and it is an expense, but you're right. It's also an investment. And when money starts to get tight, it's always the first thing that goes. I have always understood that. I realize that as a marketer, I am expendable because I'm an expense Mm -hmm. and that's a hard place to be. But if you can look at it as an investment and when money gets hard, when money gets tight, excuse me, Instead of cutting your marketing, doubling down mm-hmm. on what works. Now, you want to cut what doesn't work or what's harder to measure, and you want to focus on what does work, you're going to push through because guess what everybody else is going to be doing around you when money is tight? They're cutting back. Correct. And, you know, it, you, you said everything I was going to say is like make sure that you're cutting out the stuff that's not working, analyzing, you, you know, reviewing, and then going back and like going, okay, is this better? You know, are we going to do, what are we going to get out of this? And a lot of times when you do marketing, you've also got to ask the question up front, what are our expected results? Right. And you're not always going to hit your results. No. But also that doesn't mean you're not always going to exceed your results either. Is that, you know, a lot of times, wow, this, this marketing, like, uh, there's not going to give it, give it away, but there's one marketing method that we use that I've pretty much told them that, no, we're, we've got a lifetime on this one. You know, we'll never let it go. Right. Because it, it is work. It does work. It is powerful. It's right at the right spot that it needs to be. And it's one of those things that was almost a, should we or should we not, whenever we were talking about doing it initially. And then it was it went off like gangbusters. And then here we are saying, hey, it's, it's now our, you know, we will never let that go. Exactly. And when you cut marketing, when, when times get hard and you cut marketing, you stop your momentum. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when, when all of a sudden things are better and you now have cash flow again and you're, you're trying, you're like, okay, we're going to do some marketing now. You're, you have gone backwards Mm -hmm. from where you were when you stopped. Correct. And so you have to make up that 
that space there, whereas somebody who didn't cut marketing mm-hmm. is now not just ahead of you, they are far ahead of you. They have lapped you because yeah. you have stopped. And, all, and also that, that momentum, you keep that momentum in, into It's like pushing a, a rock up a hill. You had better, you know, when you're on the flat or on the downhill before that uphill, you need to be pushing and you go, oh, crap, there's a little bit of a hard time here. We need to push extra hard to get over this. And you have enough momentum to get over the hill. And then what it does is that it has that added momentum on the other side. Right. Is um, you just continue through that. And, you know, in our organization, we, we've, we regularly, you regularly analyze all of our um, marketing spend. Yeah. What's working, what's not, pulling back. I mean, we, you know, I, I know that I could give you a, a triple budget and you would find ways to spend it. Of course I would. And, Are most, you going to give me a triple budget? Uh, no. Dang it. <laughs> I had to ask. Uh, but, hey, you know, you know what? It's, but... Every year, you put together a very thoughtful, mindful budget, mm-hmm. and you work through it. And at the end of the year, we meet those goals because it is budgets. You know, budgets are things you need to follow. Yep. You, you need to follow them, and um, you do a great job of doing that. But on the what it is is that if you come in and say, "Hey, we need to do this special thing," and because we want to capture some some opportunity, then. You have to say, you know what, this is going to break budget, but it's worth it because we see that ROI, and then you measure it, and then someone's head rolls if, <laughs> if it doesn't hit the goal, and then everybody just says, oh, well, you know, good job, you know, well, it, nice I high either, five. I either break my budget or I cut something for my budget to make room for that, which I have also done that before. Yeah. And, and, you know, agencies need to, I mean, I'm surprised about the number of agencies that don't have a marketing budget at all. Um, in fact, going to shows, they put as, you know, they're one of their only sole marketing expenses. And I'm like, okay, well, what are you spending? What is your marketing plan? And, you know, the, I have a website. Well, I appreciate that. You know, it's good they have a website, but you need to be doing a lot more. And um, I'm really liking the show because it is telling people and reminding them that there's so much more to marketing. Right. And there's so many ways to market that are, that are different. And, you know, a lot of them I disagree with. Like, I... Yeah, I'm, I mean, video. You know, okay. I, I think video, uh, I think we talked about this, is that I think video that is in, informative and all of that to the consumer, I think actually, you know, t- uh, building a conversation with them is great. Right. Um, you know, sometimes just listening to, to someone talk, um, you know, like this podcast. Right. I mean, this is just one of those methods. People, you know, hopefully are listening to us talk, but, um, you know, people are listening to us talk and we're just talking, but this is just a very small part of our overall marketing plan. Well, this is not technically, I know it's not even technically, this is just more you and I just talking, I know, but, but you know, this is, this is building the idea that, Hey, listen, you know, there's lots of areas for us to work. And one of the core reasons we don't do this under ITC is that I occasionally use a curse word and, <laughs> and we're drinking and, and we are drinking. And speaking of this was, this fine episode is brought to you by Great Lakes Brewing. What made you think about getting this one? It's local. It's local. I, okay. So, you know, I love craft beer. Mm-hmm. One but, of my, they need to find a new thing because every time I hear craft beer, I hear crap beer. It's not crap beer. Craft okay. beer is better. Uh, no, I love craft beer. I'm a huge craft beer drinker. My husband and I, years ago, watched the documentary Beer Wars, and ever since then, we have vowed to not bring 
any of the crap beer <laughs> into our house. So you're you're speaking like Coors Light and Bud Light, right? And right. Big Global. What, what essentially amounts to water. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> one of my favorite things about going to different cities is trying the local beers because mm-hmm. I can't get Great Lakes Brewing Company in Texas because that's it's it's local here. Yeah. It's brewed in Cleveland, so. That's why. That's why I was like, "We're going to get this beer." Yeah, it's good. It's, uh, but you know, um, it, I agree. It just right now, it seems like there's this massive onslaught of beers. Yeah, I mean, it's like you know, there's there's more beers than wines at this point, and mm-hmm. everybody. It's easier to beer, brew beer. It's easier because you don't have to grow grapes, and, and grapes are always finicky. I mean, you get the, you know, a drought. You get too much rain. It right. also does it the other way. It destroys crops too. Too much rain because the the grapes pop. And but you know making beer, you, you can cons- you can consistently get stuff year round to make beer. And even whenever you miss it, oh, we're missing the cookies. Um, you know, even that if there's a year that you miss, like the hops aren't really good, you can actually find somewhere else and create a new brew and say, hey, right now that that's that's out of season. Don't worry about it. And then right. then you create artificial demand because people are like, when are you bringing that beer back? It also, I mean, you know, to your point, it doesn't matter where in the country you are because you're not growing it mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Whereas you can't grow grapes in every. Stay in the country. Yeah. And then, you know, people like they grow grapes in like Arizona. I mean, those are some hard one get grapes. Yeah. They, they, you know, they got dust storms, monsoons. They're in the flipping desert, you know? And, you know, even, even up in the valley, the Green Valley and all that, it, it's, it's hard up there. And so that's where wine is such a, it's a, it's a labor of passion on that. It, but, Brewing beer, a lot of people, you know, go grab Mr. Beer and go to the local brew store and throw it all together. I know. But yeah, anyway, it's pretty good. Great Lakes Brewing Company. I recommend. Because <laughs> you're also on the uh, that Untapped app. I am. Yeah. Uh, how many, you know, how many badges do they have? They've got to have like thousands. I, I have no idea. I have a friend on Twitter who always posts his, his and he drinks, you know, five or six different brews a week. You know, he's he's a total that goes to the store. Oh, I haven't had that one and buys yeah. it, buys it. And um he um he he posts a new pat badge like every week and I'm like, "How many badges do you have? Like what what is the, you know, wh- who's up there at Untap going, "All right, this badge. Oh, this is a good idea for a badge. Okay, this is the badge for beers that have gold medal ribbons on it." You know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That'd be a fun job, though. Yeah. So, what are you? uh, What's next here for you at the show? Uh, Well, we're towards the end of the first full day Mm -hmm. because they had day one point five. Yeah. (laughs) Yesterday there were some workshops, um, which we got in too late to attend. but we're, we're we made for, we made up for it last night though we we did make up we, for we, it we're we're good network networkers we hang out in the bar <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I saw I'm looking forward to dinner tonight mm-hmm. at the House of Blues I think that's going to be a really good event I, like I said I've I've never been there before for food I've gone once for a concert and it was the last concert that that band did before they broke up and they were a good great local Dallas band that had gone nationally. But their lead singer decided that uh, he, he liked doing uh, recreational things better, mm. and so um, but, little nose candy, mm, arm candy, oh. and uh, and not in the good, not the good candy that you get pulling out of your Ferrari. But um, it, it 
it's so I'm looking forward to it. I just I hope it's a. You say it's good food. It is good food. I've I have been to catered events at a House of Blues before, and they have good food. But I think I think with this crowd, I think that venue, I think it's going to be a good time. Is it loud? Of course. Ugh. You've been to a concert at the House of Blues. You should know that. I get my put my earplugs in. I, I, <laughs> Old I, man, I, I know. I went to a concert <laughs> and I'm like sitting there going, "I'm gonna bring my headphones. I'm gonna bring my earplugs or the uh, earplugs." And I, I mean, I literally sat there with earplugs, and I'm like, and then I started looking around, and other people, I'm like, "Okay, it's that's great." You didn't feel quite so old. Oh no, not at all, not at all. And but, then you pulled out your glasses. Uh, I know. Well, I've got to be able to look down the hallway here and make sure everybody's, everybody's safe down there. You know, I've got to keep an eye on everybody. It's, it's, really, it's really odd. Like, uh, we've had a, quite a few people pass by, and it's just kind of like that little half wave. They look down like, what the heck what are they doing? What is going on? Well, I tweeted that we were about to – I tweeted a picture mm-hmm. of the microphone. It was like – and the hashtag. So if anybody's following the hashtag for the show, yeah, I should know what's going on down here. Yeah. Deep. That's that's the scary. I mean, how how well's the hashtag doing? Okay, that's not that. That's I, okay. <laughs> no, the hashtag I think is doing well for an insurance conference, for a marketing conference. No, it's not doing as well. Uh, yeah, I've um, what what marketing conference did I go to? That uh, I mean, it was just a refresh, refresh, refresh. I went to marketing profs B two B forum. Uh, almost two years ago now. Yeah, aren't you going again or something? Can I? I, I don't know. You got to ask me. Is it in your budget? <laughs> <laughs> Guess I'll have to cut something from my budget to make mm-hmm. room for that. Uh, yeah. So I went to that conference a couple years ago. I love that show. First mm-hmm. of all, it's a really well done show. Content's always amazing, and you've got I don't know, like fifteen hundred marketers mm-hmm. at least attending that show. Mm-hmm. Marketers, like hardcore, hardcore marketers, okay. and you try to follow that hashtag, you can't keep up. Mm-hmm. You cannot keep up because people are just—they are live tweeting everything. Mm-hmm. And then on top of the hashtag on Twitter, they have a conference app and they have a stream in the conference app. Does that it people pull are from posting. Twitter too? I don't think the stream pulls okay. from Twitter. No, because. They give out prizes to uh, people who like post the most in the conference app. Post the most. Post the most. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, lo- I love it when words words rhyme. I'm a simple man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, like I said, for an insurance conference, I think the hashtag is doing very well. For a marketing conference, yeah, I, I have seen more impressive use of hashtags. Yeah, but. But that's the question is that why, you know, I remember there was, there's, I'm not naming names at this point, but there were a lot of people that we, you know, touted themselves out as being really hardcore marketing focused people and they weren't on Twitter. And I'm like, why, you know, what's, what's missing. And even to this day, they don't really post on Twitter. Sometimes it's just like an auto post from like Facebook or Instagram or something. And you're like, listen, Twitter, Twitter has real good conversations. I mean, if you look at the, uh, the 5 a.m. club that all the insurance people. Yep. Um, you know, did, did you see where I was at? I said, if I'm still up at 5 a.m., does that count? <laughs> yeah, I did see that. <laughs> do, I, do I count? Not getting up. But, um, you, you know, they, they've developed a great following of groups of people that they're, that they're engaged with. I've seen a lot of people wearing um, 5 a.m. club, like, logos. Right. On their, on their, on their shirts. 
which is really cool. I mean, they, they built it up. Now, I'm not getting up at 5 a.m. That's, <laughs> that's a no-no for me because it's usually a later night for me. But, uh, yeah, it, I, I was surprised that, um, you know, people – Social media is not the targeted market right now. There's very little talk about social media here. There, there has been. But one of the things they had mentioned in this, the panel we were in, which I think is a very good point, is you don't have to do everything, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to do all of the social media, but you should find one that you like. That works. And one that you can do, that you can be committed to and do that one. It just so happens that I love Twitter. Mm-hmm. I've been on Twitter since 2007. Yeah, I, I and I've, I've actually brought some people over to the Twitter dark side. That was me, you, but also not just you, because I was talking to Joey Giancola earlier today, mm-hmm. and he and I had a conversation last year where he was like, "I don't get Twitter. Twitter is terrible." Shout out to Joey, um, and I said, "Hold up a sec, Joey. It's." actually pretty great and i proved him wrong and showed him that twitter actually is really great and now oh that's right because you said if you had a certain number of retweets or something yeah exactly he's like if if you get so many i think it was likes on the on the post then Mm -hmm. then i might believe you that twitter is is great and i yeah i proved it to him yes twitter can be a great place to be and i don't think it's still a place that he is always enjoys going to but he you know he's using it more now so Twitter does have a place. Yeah. And know, it always makes me sad when people knock it because I think it's a great well, platform. The the one thing I love about Twitter is the whole just throwing it out to the universe. It, it's like throw it out there, done, and move on. You, you have don't to be have, careful. You don't have really – yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I take about five minutes per tweet. Like I'm like on, should I say this? Is this word? Okay. And, and God forbid that they ever put a flipping edit Ugh. button on there. I mean, come on. And, and they can, and I know what they're doing is like, because of the whole throw it out there, they're like, well, you posted it. We don't want you changing it and going back. We'll put an edit and then says previous and then have edited. Right. And then you expand it and it shows previous versions of that, that tweet. Right. That's the way to do it. Done. Solved. I mean, my horse for an edit button. Uh, yeah. I, I would. <laughs> I would. Love I, I, and the thing is, now it's probably a joke inside Twitter. Just like, <laughs> we'll never do it. We're going to dangle this We will carrot. do everything else. We will use an algorithm now to show your stream to you instead of to your first timeline. <laughs> <laughs> but not an edit button. Yeah, people people are going to love this. No, they're not. Just, you know, why mess with with everything? And yeah, But, you know, it's different from Facebook because Facebook has like, you know, 50 different reactions now. You can put so many filters and it's, it's, a, it's a who's who kind of thing. And, you know, or, or what? How well can you get noticed? Instagram is totally how well you're getting noticed. Oh yeah. So I, if you if you maybe choose between Facebook and Twitter, I'm going to choose Twitter. I do Facebook only because I feel like it's an obligation for like all the old people that are now on Facebook and all the all the younger people have moved on. No, it's it's more just like that's that's all of the people you know old friends and family and not necessarily people I'm interested in hearing from all the time, but I feel like I, I need to be connected with because on the occasional, you know, life update, but Twitter are the people that I want to follow. Yeah. These, those are the people that I'm like, no, I'm interested in what you have to say. Do you mute people? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Me too. Cause there's, there's people that just, I mean, they tweet what they had for breakfast, <laughs> how their drive was in and you know, oh my God. No, my. see if it's tweeting, I would just unfollow. 
Well, that that's what mute is. <laughs> mute is not unfollow. Oh, oh, you would unfollow completely. I would unfollow okay, completely. okay. Oh, so- I, I don't. Twitter is not obligatory to me. Okay. I just, I just, I, like, I would meet you on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, you know, there, there's some people who's like, listen, you post way too much, but I like, I like having a connection. So you're in my feed. Mm-hmm. So whenever I, not in my feed, but they're in my friends list so that I can go find them see, and go look at them directly. See, that's when you create a list of the people that you don't want to actually follow. Mm-hmm. So they're not in your actual stream, but you can access the list all to right, go see. All what right. True. True. You're, you're, I'm still you're schooling twi- you on Twitter. You're, you're, you're a Twitter goddess over here and you know, I'm a noob. <laughs> uh, I did. I c- still cannot believe we didn't know about threaded tweets. I didn't. I, I I've, I've, sitting there just going oh you can press this little plus button and it does another tweet son of a because because i always because i always wondered how people um you know because they'll say like one of eight two of eight three of eight four of eight five of eight and how did they know like how long it was going to be when they started with one two three and four it was going to be they probably typed it out first yeah or or they there's um you can have some of the tweet uh like i think tweet deck does it for you You do a long one it it will thread it like that with with numerals but you know you don't really have to do that these days because of threaded but i was sitting there going Oh my god! You don't like? Oh, that's how you do it. Because I was like, I'm trying to com- compress everything into 140 and now 280, and you know, get it crunched in, and then it's like, oh, it didn't work, and then threaded tweets. I'm like, damn it! Uh, I'm still learning. You know, threaded tweets are great when you're going on a rant. <laughs> how many rants have you gone on on Twitter? Uh... Personally or professionally? <laughs> I don't remember. I would say professionally none, but personally. Personally, I've done a few. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, in today's society right now, it's, uh, you know, it's it's a powder keg. It is. Anywhere. Yeah. And that's, that's, Twitter can be a very negative place. Mm-hmm. I will admit that. But I feel like I'm pretty good at ignoring all the negativity. Yeah. And just kind of filtering that out. Mm-hmm. And so it's only the stuff that I would rather hear yeah. about. Well, just it, what what gets me sometimes is whenever like I, I see what other people liked yeah. that shows up in my feed. I'm like, I really don't care about that. <laughs> and then you start to learn p- stuff about people. I'm like, you're secretly weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are a conspiracy theorist. Thank you. That's Thanks for the update. That's good to know. Yeah. But uh, now, you know, um, the crowd's kind of uh, settled down as I think another session started. And uh, it's, uh, it's uh, been a pretty cool. Uh, it's been cool doing this on the road. We should uh, take this on the road more often. Well, we definitely have at least one more planned this year. Oh, oh yeah. We're going to be at InsureTech Connect. That's mm-hmm. right. I was, trying to, I was thinking about this earlier because at, at a, here at Elevate, we're in the hallway, literally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people were walking around and, and whatnot. But this is, what, one-sixth of the size of InsureTech Connect? Mm, yeah, they're, they're expecting 4,500. Okay, year. so even even less yeah. than that. I don't know where we're going to set up to do that. Oh, and it's always it's always tight on real estate at that show. And um, so, yeah, I don't know where we're going to do it. We'll probably have to do it in, in, in the suite. But yeah. that would be cool. And by that time, we'll have uh, you know two more mics and two more headsets, and then we'll be able to do um, you know a, a four-place uh, podcast. And yeah. we'll, we'll invite guests and, and bring people. I, I do think we start having some guests on because there I think are some interesting perspectives that would be fun to bring in. I know. And you know, just getting me to argue with someone might be fun. <laughs> <laughs> we don't argue enough. Oh yeah, I know. But uh, 
Yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> but, uh, all right, well, let's uh, wrap this up. So, um, we'll... Uh, yeah, if you have any comments about marketing mm-hmm. as an insurance agent or mm-hmm. in the insurance industry, mm-hmm. reach us at contact at insurancehappyhour.com yep. or on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We're there. Our favorite place if you're there. Elric's word for Laird, Becky L. Schroeder for me. And uh, we're still working on that Spotify integration. Yes, we are. But you can subscribe in iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Tune in. Yeah. Mm. Is that it? it we, really? We just yapped the whole time. Like it's like we didn't have any, we you know we had some specific things to talk about. I don't think we got to them. We we just kind of yap yap yap. Yeah, I'm good at that. We are. I'm just it helps with the beer. Yeah, it it, <laughs> it gets it it gets the 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 mind to moving. Yeah, although it's warm in this window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's getting warm, and you know I'm going to take off my jacket, and it's I'm going to people are like, oh wow, <laughs> that jacket hides hides a, a wrinkled shirt. It, it, that's the the hard thing is that whenever you have big shirts and you pack them, they just naturally kind of crinkle up, and you try to iron them and yeah. steam them, and it just never comes out really well. But uh, all right, well it's been fun. Thanks for listening. that the entire show there was like elevator background music going the whole time <laughs> yes i mean <laughs> it, it, it's added definitely an extra level into this episode yeah I, I was thinking that uh if if the girl from ipanema <laughs> showed up i was i was gonna go into full song i was gonna go all right i'm breaking character and i'm gonna go ahead and do this but uh it never did but uh, it was an enjoyable background yes